0: You know, the first one always comes out right. Here we go.
1: Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob on a very extra special end of the year Wild and Free episode because we've got a full house tonight. First and foremost, joined by our original co-wrangler, Allison. Allison.
2: Hey. Hello, Jacob. How are you?
1: I mean, I'm great because you're here with with us tonight. It's been a while.
2: I am, I'm very happy to be here, but we're also joined by my, your new co-wrangler, B. B, welcome. Hello. I am welcome.
1: <laughs> B, no, who else is no. here?
3: We're here with our uh, producer, music director, uh, you know I'm bad with titles, Jose right. Lopez.
0: Lopez. <laughs> Jesus, I don't, I don't know who Jose Lopez is, but I'm Jose Sotelo, <laughs> the, the producer and writer of the uh, of the intro.
1: Oh which, my god! Which we had a live version of tonight. That was a really yeah that was a live in person version. Yeah, man.
2: Jose, I know who you are. <clears> throat> Bringing throat> the throat> George swagger to the wild and free platform. Love it.
3: If you could only see. I guess you will because we're gonna have a picture.
1: Yeah. So since Jose is has to uh, leave us early to go take care of the youngest member of the Wild and Free team, um, Jose, what was your in a in a year full of you know really interesting disappointments and uh, hurdles? What was your favorite thing about 2020?
0: all right so this might be obvious but yeah so Se- sebastian turned one in 2020 and that was that was a highlight of my year my boy is uh he's he's he doesn't even know what a pandemic is he's living his best life with his with his two parents at home so, so that was that was the highlight of the year is watching him uh, dig into a cake for his <laughs> cake smash uh cake smash first year uh, first year birthday yeah man a lot of sadness, but uh, that that was a highlight for me.
1: That's awesome. I mean, getting to spend wow. the first year of your child's life with them like is really awesome. I mean, almost oh. into first year. Yeah. No, no, no.
0: He's already he's already doing a little calculus. Like he's got both of his educator parents at home, and yeah, he can. He's 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 already jumping around solving uh, three variable uh, algebra problems. It's great. I,
3: he's in AP. He's in
1: AP uh, Pre-K. Yeah. 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 Right. When uh, when Sebastian graduates UNLV at the age of 12, <laughs> it's thanks to his CCD educating, educator parents. So no one can talk trash about CCSD.
0: Right. No, no, no social skills. Like, he's not going to be able to talk <laughs> to anybody, but he's going to have a, a, a degree, yeah. <laughs>
2: Movies will be made about him, and a the Latinx t- version of Tom Tom Hiddleston will play him.
1: There you
2: go. He's gonna be like
1: very specific. Was,
3: what was the Neil Patrick Harris character Doogie Hauser Doogie Howser. Houser. So he's gonna be like Sebastián Sotelo.
1: B. Favorite favorite part of twenty twenty.
3: I think there's been a lot of like little blessings for me. Um. I am definitely thankful for my new job. I am in a way better position than I was last year, both in, I'm able to help my family out, but I also, I feel like I'm part of a team where we, the people, the team is the priority and it like really shows and, and I can feel it. I feel very supported. Like you know, like I started, I started like three weeks before, not maybe three, maybe like just like a month and a half right before the pandemic, and I feel like in any other job they would have let me go, <laughs> like, well, we, you know, we sorry it didn't work out, but instead I just felt the most supported that I felt at a job, in like my whole life, so that that's been a big highlight for me. Um, And then, you know, spending some time at home, (laughs) exploring my feelings.
1: Making sure that Dwayne is never alone.
3: He's going to rage whenever it happens that I have to go back to work outside of the home. He is, I'm going to come back and the house is going to be burned down. He's like, where were you? (laughs) I no, B, I think
2: I think that's really important, though, be because obviously this has been a really crazy year for everybody, and with people losing jobs and everything. And you not only found, um, you know, you started a new job, and you know it could have gone many ways. It could have been difficult to integrate yourself into the team. So it's really great that you were able to find a support system virtually, and that you know that. It, it, at an organization that puts employees first, right? right? And they're looking out for your team and looking out for your safety and your security. And you know, that it makes me it makes me feel good among all the shitty things this year to hear about people's good experiences with their, you know, in these transition phases.
3: Yeah, definitely. What about you, Alison?
2: Yeah, well, speaking of people that were in a transition, and so this was the year that I was supposed to move to um one of the the most densely populated cities in the United States, New York, right? And that was kind of put on pause. But luckily, you know, I'm still working for the same nonprofit in a different um, uh, position, obviously, but it's been really great because uh, my nonprofit right now does a lot of work. All of our work concentrates on the Bronx, which was particularly hit right now during the pandemic pandemic. And to work with entrepreneurs, with social entrepreneurs that are mission-driven, you know, these are people that are working nine to five jobs. The majority are women. The majority are people of color. So, you know, they are just you know, hit on so many levels, 33% of New Yorkers right now are on food stamps. So the fact that, you know, and during the pandemic, we had an accelerator program that was virtual, and we had people showing up three times a week for three hours and, you know, learning how to grow their business but they kept on going back to their mission so it was really it it was really wonderful and really inspiring to be around those people because there were moments during the pandemic where I was like ah what am I doing and the world is going to shit but these people you know against all odds were you know facing facing the most trying moments in their lives but you know, their resilience and their grit, and just showing up for other entrepreneurs. One of, you know, one day, a woman was like, I can feel the black girl magic. And I'm here to support my fellow entrepreneurs. So that was really lovely to be um, a part of that. And that was kind of that was my highlight, really, you know, I've, I've been in a I am in a position of privilege. And I had a job this whole time. And, you know, relatively, I had several homes throughout the pandemic but to be surrounded by people who against all odds were pushing forward and putting community first that was that was pretty much that was my highlight.
1: And your Instagram account has turned from a very travel food related account to a Michigan tourism Instagram <laughs> account.
2: I think so that that would be like my set that would be like my big takeaway of this year. after 13 years, I returned to Michigan I spent the last seven months there um, and it was really and you know I would go to Michigan in the summer with my family, but we'd only go to like where my grand where, where my grandparents were from. And so right now during the pandemic, I was telling B I bought like this ecotourism boat. book and discovered like all this different type of you know ecotourism in Michigan and you know just going to all the national parks and state parks and I became like this crazy outdoor person and honestly the reason that I'm here and I'm you know quasi you know sane today um, joining you this evening is because of the nature um, in Michigan and just you know you're never in Michigan you're never more than five miles away from a body of water is that not ridiculous? Oh my God,
3: I thought you were going to say something crazy like a like an alligator or like, you know how it's like, you're <laughs> right? never too far, you're never like X amount, like kind of like that, but people say that about spiders. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're never far away <laughs> of like X amount of spiders. So I thought you were going to say something scary like that, but.
1: You're also probably I... never than five miles away from delicious fried carbohydrates. Yeah.
3: Blooming onion. <laughs>
2: Exactly. The
1: state flower of Michigan. Just kidding. We know that's the state flower of Australia.
2: The
3: blooming onion is pure Michigan. Um, What about you, Jacob?
1: So um, I would say for me, first and foremost, uh, as you two know, but um, I had a, a family member that was in the hospital for the latter part of 2019 and the early part of 2020 who was released from the hospital literally a week before the shutdown. And so I'm very thankful that, um, that they didn't have to stay in the hospital or the nursing, like the skilled nursing facility during the pandemic. Um, so it literally was like the week before and I was visiting my family in Colorado and very, very fortunate. So that was probably my, that's my overall like favorite blessing of 2020. Um, the other one is probably two things. Uh, Cori Bush being elected to the House of Representatives from St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, B and I have a very strong connection to, to St. Louis for music reasons. But um, I mean, Cory Bush is an activist, a Black Lives Matter activist who is elected to the Congress. And so she's already causing trouble. And it's amazing. Um, I love it. She's so great.
3: She's the type of people that we need. She's a real
1: person who's not like wealthy. Doesn't come from money. Has been homeless. Has been food insecure. Like all of the things of that about people that should be making laws that affect the people who are struggling the most. She has in, experienced. In that.
3: order to eradicate all of those right. social
1: issues, right, we
3: need people that have gone through them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and we not need people that are a, being
3: affected by. By all this, the, the, the issues that we have in society right now to go and serve because that's how things are going to change. Mm-hmm. If we continue to have the same white man coming from families that have been in Congress before, nothing's going to change because right. they don't know what people need.
1: It's very true. Then,
3: well, and
2: since yeah. you took us down a political, um, uh, I, I, thought we were thank, giving thanks for personal victories, but All no, definitely personal
1: victory. No, just
2: no, no, I know <laughs> you got elected. No. Um, but down ballot races, right? Like there's a bunch of DAs and people on school boards and people, you know, if, if this election we'll talk about the election obviously, but, um, There were just so many state and local elections where people of color, women um, and people with, you know, grassroots and activists, very progressive values were elected. So I think, yeah, like that is my biggest takeaway of the year is, you know, trusting black women, right, and trusting black women in the South specifically. So I think that shout out to all of the black activists and organizers.
3: We still have Georgia to go. And I hope. that that that's going to change the Senate. I hope that that's going to get rid of bitch McConnell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the majority. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I hope people in Georgia, you know, like get angry about the Senate only approving $600 Mm -hmm. as a stimulus check to people where that probably doesn't even cover one month of rent.
1: It doesn't cover a month of rent the average rent in any state in the United States. That doesn't cover
3: That's a damn shame.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only I
3: was thinking I was thinking maybe you could pay rent with that in Arkansas, but I don't know. That was before I left.
1: Right. I mean, I I paid that rent in less than that in Arkansas, but that was also in 2005. Jesus so Christ. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there are parts of the country and it all obviously depends on what you where you're at. But like for a family or for like a working professional, like you probably hard pressed. I mean, at least the first stimulus, like, I mean, I think twelve hundred dollars covers a lot more. And that was early on. You know, that was like when much of this was starting. But
3: I mean, when you know that you are like appreciating $1,200 because that was nothing either like none of the none of the response from the government both local government and federal governments during the pandemic none of it has been appropriate right no it hasn't even been the the bare minimum
1: no and and I'm going to take this 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 moment to say that um, all of Southern Nevada's congressional representatives have not been fighting for the people of Southern Nevada when it comes to any sort of stimulus. They all voted for the uh, military reauthorization. All three of our representatives in Southern Nevada did. The only one that didn't in Nevada was the Republican up north. And then all of them have supported the, the lowest stimulus package for the people. Which basically means we need to get on our representatives for actually giving a shit about the people in our state.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, I'm no longer in uh, Nevada, but what can constituents do to hold these people accountable?
1: I mean, the political method is to call their homes. I mean, call their offices. Don't call their homes. Call their offices. (laughs) The civil disobedience method may be a little bit different, but uh, we can call their offices um, you know, and, and leave messages and write letters and emails. I mean, I, I've i spent a lot of time while at home writing letters to my congresswoman, Dina Titus. I have heard back zero times from her, but I have written her multiple times, handwritten letters, not even typed, not even emails. I have handwritten letters. Now, I granted, I may sound like a person who is not quite stable because I'm bringing up many different issues in each of these letters, but that is that is that is. Jacob, angry. maybe
3: she doesn't understand your handwriting.
1: Uh, I practiced before just I wrote kidding.
3: them. I'm just joking. I think there has to be a, a, a like. <sighs> this is what's exhausting. We have to fight in so many different ways. Right. It's not just calling. It's not just showing up. It's it's getting involved at the local levels. It's getting involved in everything. And you have the people that are doing this, are also they also have full-time jobs. They also have families to take care of like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's why I am so ready. (sighs) I'm so ready for this presidency to end. And I know that things are not going to be fixed instantly, and they might not even get fixed, right but at least like I think just personally, I'm just not going to be as exhausted because right now it's just like you're just you just know that something horrible is coming up, and that is like at every moment that you're
1: awake mm-hmm.
3: this 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 piece of crap has been shit. He's been like, like, it's it's just, it's horrible. It's like a fucking tornado. And it's just devastation after devastation and like horrible, you know, like, oh, I'm just so tired. And, you know, like, I'm not, it's, I, I, I'm not one of those people. It's like, oh, I can't wait for 2021 because I personally don't think it's going to be any better. Like, I have no hopes. Absolutely no hope. Um But I know that after Trump gets dragged out of the White House, at least, at least we we know that it's not gonna get worse in the way that it's been that it's been happening at the at the intensity that it's been happening so far. Because it's just been like, so it's, I'm I'm tired.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm fucking tired.
1: So let's talk about some of our just local positives, right? Like Allison was talking about some of the elections. Um as we talked about in our uh, post-election feels, um we had some really amazing judges, former public defenders who were elected to judge ships here throughout Southern Nevada, which is like extremely exciting. Um so that's a big win. Uh, and I definitely think there are things like that across the country. What was it? Is it the DA in, in Los Angeles who like was already, I don't, was already like, Hey, if you were like convicted of a drug crime, we're going to like get you out of prison because that's a nonviolent drug crime. So like things like that, that are really important. Um, which I do think we've had, we've had some like pretty big. Pretty big, exciting things. I mean, we're not in Los Angeles, but obviously we have some of that too in, here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Anything, any other, I mean, anything else locally that we're like, we are jazzed about? I mean, because we could probably talk all day about the terrible, terribleness yeah. of, particularly politics. Of I mean, I am, I woke up in the middle of the night like thinking about how... Once again, the Democrats, in their weak-sauce efforts, lost so many seats in state legislatures right before redistricting starts because they didn't focus on states. They focused on (sighs) not focused on states, so... Anyway, so that's, I don't want to get into that because it does keep me up at night. The fact that we lost more seats and that the Democratic leadership continues to lose seats in state legislatures, particularly when it matters most, which is every 10 years when we get ready to redistrict.
3: The problem is that the Senate doesn't work. Like that kind of representation is not, it's not fair.
1: Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying like in the state legislature, so like the House, you know, each, state has her own legislature but
3: oh my god and how we lost you know it was a, it I was an we annihilation
1: gonna, again
3: i thought we were going to switch it to a positive that's what
1: i i do want to talk positive because i could talk about cuz that's what keeps me up at night going into redistricting where we've we will continue to have you know so why
2: why don't we share what kept us going through 2020 how about that i'm interested to hear what you were consuming how you kept your sanity um yeah how you kept yourself sane how did you because right now I'm 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 not sane. right now I'm like
1: (gasps) so Allison we got nature from you what else what else kept you sane
2: well I'll just say this first of all I filled out a survey the other day about how are you feeling you know like what did you learn blah blah blah. what are you your feelings as you head into 2021 and like people you know, left a big soliloquy on the website and they're like, you know, waxing poetic. And I was just like, I survived. Like, that's the only, like, yeah. you know, um, as I said, I did take over a new position and I feel like, you know, I just, every day I, it was kind of like, just stumbling through, you know, like things that I could have like clarified if I had been in an office with someone, I could have like walked over with my stupid computer and been like, hey, what about this? Let's clarify this. And then something that, you know, could have been resolved in 10 minutes took three days of going back and forth with Zoom calls and emails and everything. So, I mean, I I just barely got to the finish line, but um, definitely nature in Michigan was a saving point something that I really that I realized actually um because I am a people person and I am an extrovert and I do like I need people's physical energy like people give me life but um so at the beginning I was a bit scared you know because I have been pretty much by my by myself this whole pandemic and I was like ah, you know just, just frustrating that I couldn't connect with people. Um, but just being able to go out, like, luckily, I was in a space where, um, you know, as I mentioned, in Michigan, it's all about wide open spaces. There were so many parks to walk to. And that kind of, um, you know, that kind of filled me with joy. You know, I didn't have people around me, but having You know, at least not being cooped up in the house, being able to walk, even if it was to the, you know, little tennis court or whatever next door and, you know, walking, getting in my 5,000 steps or whatever, but like trying to stay active and being outdoors. So nature just this year to me, I think just really blew my mind. And I think I thought a lot about B, you know, how you're always enamored by the desert and the sky and everything. And every single day that I would go out in Michigan, I would just like, you know, I I just felt so connected to nature and trees and the different sounds and a a walk that was like a mile long. It took me five hours to go through it because I was Mm -hmm. just documenting everything like everything was so new to me. So it's like I rediscovered Michigan and I like I really fell in love with it and um, and just very, very peaceful, very calming, um, which, you know, I feel bad about saying with, you know, everything that's been going on. But that is, you know, what kept my sanity.
1: Well, and you've lived like, pretty much all of your life except for your college years in a desert right
3: mm-hmm. correct it's such a big difference when I was looking at your first pictures where you were post I was like oh those trees look nice <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like that looks nice especially the the fall pictures with the like yeah. leaves changing I was like I want to go to there the
2: fall foliage is ridiculous, and it lasts so long. I hear I hear that on the east, like in New York, it doesn't really last that long, but out out in Michigan, it lasted like four to six weeks. And you know, in it's-
3: Arkansas, things would get like the leaves would like get pretty, and it would last like two weeks the most.
2: No, here it lasted a long time, so like I was able That's to fine. go to like. You know cider mills and do all the corny white people stuff. Oh my God, like you had a white you had a white woman um, fall. <laughs> I did just no pumpkin spice latte?
3: I actually um, really like pumpkin. I don't know why people hate on it.
2: I don't like
3: commercially. It's like I don't I don't go to Starbucks and get those drinks, but I make them myself and they're just so delicious yeah you just like I just put like coffee and pumpkin and like the spices because I I do love pumpkin pies and I make them so I have all those spices and it's just really warm spices like nutmeg and allspice and a little bit of cloves and cinnamon and like those are all lovely so one thing that I have done is that I've tried to like (sighs) And this started, I think this started in the fall when I was like, oh, my God, this whole year, I've just been here in my apartment. And even when I get out, it's just not enough, you know, like it's really heavy to just be in the same place. And I was like, let me make it feel like something else. So I did Mm -hmm. start drinking like pumpkin stuff and I made pumpkin pies and I've been making chai. I've been making, um, I put up a whole bunch of Christmas lights.
1: We can I've see been,
3: them. I'm like, I just need to feel something. Super pretty. You know, I've been like making candles. The whole summer, I think like arts and crafts really help me deal with stress. So usually I crochet in the winter. That's where I feel like, oh, let me just like make a scarf, make this, make that but it's cuz like the yarn is warm and it's like you know that the the light the nights are so long and so it's something that i can do while watching tv and you'll just or listening to a book or like listening to a podcast and it's relaxing it helps me it, it helps me feel like i'm doing something while i'm you know doing nothing
2: well, and can I just say, I mean, there's been a bunch of articles written, written about this, like people taking up very tactile hobbies, because we've spending all of our damn day in front of the freaking computer. Yeah. So and you can't go out. So people are like, I want to use their hands and build things, right?
3: I absolutely I started like usually, you know, as I said, I usually do that in the winter. I started maybe like April. I have made so many blankets and I've been sending them to my nieces and nephews, to my nibblings. And just like, like, I like it was like August and I was on my couch with the fan in front of me <laughs> just like surviving because it was so hot and I was like sweating but I was like, this is what I'm doing.
1: That's so great. Well, <gasps> I've, I've been collecting jars for you for candles.
3: Oh! <gasps> Please. I
1: haven't recycled any jars. They're all Can sitting I on my, ca- my counter.
3: I actually, cause you gave me a few, you gave me a handful of jars and yes. I think they went with my last recycling and I was like, my jar. so I was like trying to make candles one day this week. And I was like, Oh, I don't have any jars for
2: and
1: candles. I, I didn't so even welcome. know. I didn't even know you were making candles, but I was like, I'm going to keep my jars. I'm glad.
2: You and I much. have so many. I wish I could get them to you without, you know, creating another an additional carbon footprint. Right,
3: right. <laughs> Just recycle them. I'll get I'll get Jacob's.
1: Yeah, I've got I've eaten a lot of salsa and jams and jellies. Oh
3: my gosh. <sighs> so I was talking to one of my sisters. You know, I have a lot of a lot of siblings, and I was talking to one of my sisters and She was like drinking water out of a jar. And I was like, oh, that's a cute jar. And she was like, sometimes. And I didn't know this about her. Uh, So it was like really something that we were like, oh, my God, we we are the same. Um, She was like, I sometimes buy things just because they come in a pretty jar because I know I'm going to get that jar and I'm going to keep it. And I was like,
2: (gasps) we are sisters.
1: That's really awesome. so great. <laughs>
2: Packaging is very important.
1: It is, especially when you, it's going to be with you for a while. Because right now, I mean, I wouldn't want to show you my floor right now because I have lots of boxes. Because I'm like, oh, I may use that for like presents. So, oh. I, so I've got like, the, like I've been keeping boxes since like September. Because like I knew I have to, because like I knew I wasn't going anywhere, right? So I was like, well, I'm gonna have to send stuff to my family. I'm gonna have to send stuff to my friends that don't live here. I'm gonna have to send stuff to Allison. And so like I was like, I'm just gonna keep all sorts of crazy boxes, and I got some really nice boxes. The um, the uh, the Fulton Street Bookstore in Tulsa, they have great boxes. I have two of those boxes. Yes. Yes.
3: The the. The Ally box.
1: Yeah, so Allison, you may get one of those. That may be what I send your stuff in. Just because it's, oh, it's no. also, it's like a really cool box. It's just like, here we are, 2020. We're talking about boxes.
3: You know what? <laughs> That's your <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I started this year and I was like, I am not going to buy any books this year. That's what I said to myself.
1: I'm going to fall <laughs> off the chair. Give me a second.
3: I said I'm not gonna buy any books. I'm gonna use the library and I'm gonna use audiobooks and I'm not gonna buy any new books. I'm gonna read what I have. This has been the year where I got I, I got I got so many books this year. Like there's one that I just ordered last night. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. Cause I was like, this is a person of
2: color. I have to support them. Right. Let me get the book. I mean it's better than hoarding drugs True You don't know my
3: life since you left Just kidding <laughs> I'm not hoarding anything NSA agent that just, is listening to this Just Dwayne Dwayne oh,
1: So I would say The things that got me through um, So I'm As you, you two know I'm one of the only people That I know That is still going to work who only had a short period of time where they were working from home. And so, like... I get people interaction, but it's also not like, it's the weird interaction, right? Because it's like, they're my coworkers and I like them, but I have to stay six feet away from them. And it's I can't the one that stresses you out. Right. Yeah. And then you're like wearing a mask and like, you have to be cognizant at all times about like how you're interacting with other people. And like, did I sanitize my hands? Did I wash my hands? Like that stuff is really, really intense. Um, and I really miss like, so I had, uh, you know, and, and, um, you two are bo- both like, you know, like have experienced this too this year. It's like, I've had multiple friends who have left Las Vegas during the course of the year. And it's like, there's been a couple I haven't been able to hug before they've left. And like that, and like, that's like a really difficult thing. Um, but talking about what's got me through. So definitely my neighborhood park. I love it. I've mentioned it multiple times. I love my neighborhood park. Cause I spent a lot of time there. Um, and uh to like music is always a really big part of my life um but i would say for the highs healer by group love released this year for the highs of 2020 (laughs)
3: holy shit that album we could do a whole uh episode about that album that came out when it was when we actually needed the most healing
1: yeah and then my lows punisher by phoebe bridgers this is my all
3: of the sad songs
1: <laughs> so Allison I know that you're not as hip with the modern music but uh yeah Phoebe... I
2: can't comment <laughs>
1: Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers is just like sad music she like that's her genre like if you want to be sad you listen she is not a sad person but like her music is just like very very sad um and then uh I read a lot more in the last year than I have in a really long time and uh Um, I experienced probably two of my favorite books in a long time that I read. So Emergent Strategy from Adrienne Marie Brown, which B turned me on to.
3: You're welcome.
1: And then uh, I recently finished the best fiction book I have read in years.
3: Shut up. What is it?
1: The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Hands down, best fiction book I have read in maybe even a decade. It It is such a fine piece of fiction and... Uh, it, I mean, it's. It has been. It's up for multiple awards this year, so I'm not the only one. It's just, um, like he, I've read three of his books in the last two months, and I'm reading the oh, fourth and gosh. fifth of his books right now. So like, Yo. Like I've just like this year's been all about diving into authors. So like Matt, you Hague have is my done current, that a lot. Yeah, Matt Higgs my current like author that I'm diving into. Uh, so I'm reading one of his. One, another fiction and his second memoir, which is about anxiety, which is very appropriate for 2020. His first memoir is about depression, also. Very, oh, my God. Very appropriate for <laughs>
3: 2020.
1: What's the third one? No, the, the, he just has two memoirs. Just two? Because the third two, one's going to be
3: horrible. Yeah. It's gonna be like,
2: I don't know, health.
1: It could it's be. <laughs> uh, so or
2: climb yourself out of hell
1: well that was the first one actually that it's 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 actually really good he 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 had a suicide attempt and it's all about his coming back from that it's called reasons to to stay alive so that was the that's the name of his uh his first memoir
3: oh there's definitely been a lot of things that have like kept me going and i know i'm forgetting all of them um Arts and craft was one of them, but music has been key, like healer. I know I listen, like I listened to a lot less music this year than I've done in in past years. Uh, But I know group love kept me going and and I just kept going to the same few albums, just like really comfort music. Cause I kept going to Mount joy. I kept going to group love and then um, a couple of playlists. Um, that the black national convention put Mm. together that were so good. (sighs) But, you you know, you
1: were on a live stream with group love. Oh, my God.
3: You know, that was a highlight. (laughs) You know, at the beginning of quarantine, when like most of white people were just like taking it so lightly and it was like, it was like celebration, online celebrations everywhere. Everybody was doing workshops and everybody was doing lives, live music on instagram and everybody was doing that and i did i did i would tune into group loves live instagram so one time they called me i about shit my pants
1: every day at noon for like it was like two months every day at noon
3: yeah what do you mean they called you you know how on instagram live you can like invites like you can call somebody and you have two people having a conversation so they called me they did
2: that with you you're fucking kidding me
3: they would randomly select people they would call it the the rolodex
2: Rolodex. Rolodex. Um,
1: they're like the only people that did that like i any i didn't watch anybody else who actually brought on like some like random fans
3: so it would always be like, oh my God, I love you. Your music has changed my life. And that is exactly what I said. Right. It was, it was, some it was awesome, B. That's
2: very cool.
3: Yeah. So there's a lot of things that have kept me going. I know that being having to slow down, having to stop attending events and paying attention and like that, that alone, that, that confrontation of emotions of, 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 of it just having to absorb things and process pro- you know just not, ha- not, not being able to avoid them that was that's been good for me that's been something that I hope I never get as busy as I was before Yeah, because I think that's where we start to kind of lose our humanities we go so fast We get, we take on too many responsibilities and then we forget to like really appreciate our moments and we forget to rest. Like we put ourselves last when we are too busy. So I hope I never get back to that. For more on that, you can read my essay on Nevada
1: Humanities we'll link it in the show notes, sharing show notes.
3: <laughs> i i was like i have said these words before and then i remember that they were on my essay
1: if this would have been visual i and i could edit visually like like video i would have had just words come up under that and be like it's called capitalism
2: <laughs> exactly exactly speaking of um formats that you know tradition like traditional formats that have changed during the pandemic so y- y'all remember the pop-up magazine that we did in that i did yeah. in february um they did a virtual one i don't know if you guys saw that but they paired up with creative mornings um mm. just last week and i think alana glazer and um an author and some sort of uh, an additional performer um, did a virtual, um, like a Zoom walking tour of the Pop-Up Magazine concept. I didn't tune in, but it looked it looked interesting. Which, and Alana's very funny.
1: Which is funny because that's exactly what Pop-Up Magazine said. Like, that's that's why they did Pop-Up Magazine. Because it was like, we're not, we don't record this. Like, no, oh, like this is a one-time experience. But also my mind was just blown when you were like, Remember when I did this in February and I'm like feels that like was, was 84 years, years ago.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I you know you'll know I don't age but this year I've aged a little.
1: Yeah, just maybe like 6 months.
3: Maybe. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 27 and a half next birthday. That's
1: right. So, uh takeaways. What are what are just like a couple quick like takeaways for for 2020?
3: I feel like I just said mine, you know, like be, like be, be more mindful of my life and, and not get busy and, and, and numb to issues like societal issues and, and, and to my own needs. Yeah. What about you, Allison?
2: Well, I think more of a recap of, or like a takeaway of 2020, but, um, of like the last four years, really. <laughs> I think like my takeaway or what I would like, my piece of advice for our listeners is because we're about to reach our third year anniversary here on the podcast, Holy and <laughs> yeah. and you know, the reason that we launched this was partly because of the Trump administration. And right. you know, he is going to be leaving office, thankfully. But I think I'd like to remind people about you know the power of voting and staying involved and not letting you know reminding people not to rest on their laurels because otherwise in another four years we're going to be in the same position so I'd kind of like to keep the momentum that we saw this year we saw so many people so many young and old black white so many people just showing up at the polls and I'd like to keep that momentum going because it's not enough really to elect people. You have to hold them accountable, you know? And if you see that they're, uh, you know, a politician is veering off course, um, you are their constituent. You are there to hold them accountable and say, hey, you know, you said, you know, X, Y, and Z things. Where are you on this position? And so my, my advice is just... I know it's been an exhausting year. It's been an exhausting year for so many of us. And, you know, the burden has been um, disproportionately placed on women and communities of color. But this is the time for, like, this is not the time to let up is what I would say pretty much is let's keep this momentum going and, um, you know, let's make sure that there's a planet for future generations like Sebastián.
1: That's right. And bees nibblings. And all my, my neighborings. My little Evelyn. My Thank my my little niece.
3: She's adorable.
1: She is. And she's about- she's pro recycling because I, I got a mug for Christmas. It's her she's just also- hanging out at the recycling bin because <laughs> she believes in the earth.
3: She also really loves trash trucks. Yeah. Garbage trucks.
1: No, that's what that's what the picture is. She's waiting for them. Oh my god. To pick up the recycling. Um, What what were
2: your takeaways, Jacob? Well,
1: I mean, and it's, you know, shocking to me that you when you're like, it's been three years, because I remember the conversation because it was, I don't know if we've ever if we've ever said, like, it was right before we watched your live reading of It Can Happen Here. I remember the moment, which is about fascism. Like, I mean, obviously, and it was after Trump was elected, so it was a very intentional picking of it can happen here. Like that was a very like intentional thing. And it's a
2: twenty foot poster of Troy Hurd
1: Right, (laughs) and it's amazing to think about where we have come from from that moment. I mean, that was I remember because you were like, "Do you want to start a podcast?" And I was like. Yeah, let's do it. Like, like, I didn't even have a question. It was just like, yes, we're going to do this. Um, but also like, I mean, going back to, it can happen here. I mean, we are so much closer to fascism in our country now in 2020 than we were in 2017. And we were pretty close in 2017. And obviously Sinclair Lewis was writing, right. That's the author. Yeah. Sinclair Lewis was, I was like, I had a, I had a brain fart there. Um, was writing about that almost at this point a hundred years ago about how, or over a hundred years ago, like, or no, it was about a hundred years ago, like how close we were then. Um, but anyway, not to get off topic on that, but I think, um, you know, we've seen, um, in the time that we've done this podcast, obviously we started with, uh, with one mission, which was just to make our community more accessible and started with, you know, and we've, that's kind of evolved into it's accessible, but also we need to push, we as the community need to be the ones who are driving the community as opposed to we are not the passengers. We are not, we are not the people that are just along for the ride. Like we have to be the ones that are pushing the community forward. Um, and we cannot leave that up to business people, billionaires, you know um, casino magnets politicians like it's our responsibility to push that forward and I think that still continues on why we started this but like that's where we need to go is we need to be the ones pushing this forward Um and I think you know I think this recent election saw some of that here locally specifically um, where the people kind of push things forward and you know I think we need to continue that and and hopefully you know we see more of that in the future but you know once trump is out of office we still need to be in the streets we still need to be pushing for things because clearly here we are a month before biden is inaugurated as president and the democrats will i mean they have they have they will have control of the presidency they will have control of the house of representatives and we are still just being offered a very shitty tiny carrot of six hundred dollars plus $300 of unemployment increase, which is bullshit because we then just spent multiple billions of dollars reauthorizing the Defense Act, buying planes and aircraft carriers that we don't need. We did that, but we won't take care of the people that actually need it. And so that's on us. We need to make sure that we're pushing for that. And that that's where I, that's my takeaway is that 2020 has shown us that that's what we've needed. And like, I feel like the podcast is kind of like for the last three years, we've also kind of evolved with that. And, you know, we're still here celebrating the arts and culture of our community and people don't know about it. We're still, that's still our responsibility. That's still what we want to do. But we also can push the community forward. Like not us specifically, not just the three of us or the, you know, five of us, but like the people who you who are listening can push this community forward. And we don't have to take, the, what politicians say is an answer we don't have to take what business leaders say is an answer like we've elected you know we've elected people to serve us in the state legislature and you know what they don't want to push criminal justice reform but criminal justice reform is something that's important we've had multiple guests who have talked about it like criminal justice reform important fuck them if they don't want to push for criminal justice reform because they're a bunch of prosecutors we actually need criminal justice reform in this state we need to get rid of the death penalty in this state. Like, those are things that are realistic. Death penalty is racist. Sorry, I'm going to get off my tangent. But it's like, that's our responsibility.
3: And also, as we grow together as a community, like, it's amazing. Like, I don't ever want to hear somebody that is like, no, I don't vote because it's not worth it. The, so the race, the commissioner race of the district where I live was won by 10 votes. 10 votes. I don't like either of the candidates. Like, they're, they, none of them were amazing. But one of them was, like, way worse than the other one. And he lost 10 votes. And there have been, it's like race after race after race where we've seen this. Right. Like We need to, like, yeah, voting is not the answer, but it's part of it. So like when, when that's the things like putting things together and doing what we can. Some people that's the only thing that they can do. Vote, okay. Do it. Right. You know, other the other people are gonna be able to do a little more. You can organize a little more. It's so as long as we all find what or or lane is in this in this in, you know in the in the work. Of social justice as long as we do what we're supposed to do but we can't just do nothing right That's what we can
2: well and to those people that say you know my vote my vote doesn't matter or the democrats are equally as bad blah 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 and i mean i will say like yeah i mean the obama administration and previous democratic uh administrations have not been wonderful for this country either the 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 reality is, you know, in the last 30 years in the United States, the middle class has been shrinking, income inequality is growing, and people, um, people are suffering, right? You know, the power of unions has been minimized, uh, etc. And so, but the reason that, you know, that all happened was because you had Republicans that were paying, you know, they were Uh, I'm thinking in Spanish, uh, le cuentas. How do you say that, B? You know, they they owed everything to their donors, not to their constituents. And I don't want to say people were 100% complacent, but yeah, people didn't know locally what was going on. They didn't know who sat on their school board or they thought, you know, once I elect this person, I'm just going to sit back. I've heard from so many people say, you know, I wasn't as political as this new generation is. And maybe there's a reason for that. You know, the way we'd been it's, doing it's things totally in the past. By design. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and the by way we sign and the way we had been doing things really wasn't actually benefiting anybody. Like um we haven't called it out, but you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the pandemic, but specifically the Black Lives Movement, really has shown um brought to light what you know communities of color have been going through for decades in this country. And so I think it's time to acknowledge that the status quo is not working for for the majority of americans and the only way that we can um you know drive drive any sort of real sustainable um systemic change is getting involved and as you said be you know picking your lane and you know, people are working in the nonprofit sector and other people are out there, you know, they're, you know, canvassing, etc. But find your, fu- or volunteer at your local gallery, but fucking get out there and do something.
3: I think that the Black Lives Matter movement, as, as it showed up this summer, after the murder of George Floyd, is a perfect example of how you do things. Because... It didn't happen after his death. This is, this, what we saw has been building up. So when people were at their homes, and this is like people in general, like including white people, because the movement this, this, this summer saw people getting involved that had never been involved in social justice, mm-hmm. that have never really protested because everybody was quiet at their house, bored, Bored, you know, uh, quote in quotations, because people were in quarantine. So what happened when you had that moment when another murder happened and people wanted to get involved, the movement was ready. The movement had already been doing all this work, and they're like, Oh, you're interested? These are all the ways that you can get involved. And so it wasn't nobody was starting from zero. The people that came into the movement were starting from zero, but the work that had been building this app, this is the type of work that you do, right? This is the type of work that pays off, where to be ready, to be prepared for that, for that moment where everybody else wants to get involved with you, then you're like ready to go. And that's, that's what Emerging Strategy really speaks to. It speaks to getting ready in our local communities so that when the moment comes where we need to take action, it's not like it's not going to find us asleep. We're going to be ready and we're going to be able to survive, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, right?
1: Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because and, and, and I have a I have a theory about this that I won't get into. But I mean, you have for the first time ever in the history, at least in the modern history of our country, you have people who, because they are, because things have literally slowed down, you have information getting to people and them having the ability to react and some, and before that was not able to happen. Because obviously we know how many Black people have died at the hands of police yeah. prior to George Floyd. I mean, it's staggering, right? But because... The world like our country had slowed down we were able to see that like the average person was exposed to that if you mm-hmm. had been going to work and going home and working 56 60 hours a week prior to and that then, like, you wouldn't have noticed to, it
3: yeah and then going to bars you know like right. just keeping yourself busy
1: you wouldn't have noticed that and people were able to finally see that i mean i have you know heard from people and seen so many stories of people that were like i didn't know this was going on like that it's not that they weren't aware or that they didn't care about you know this happening they just plain didn't know it was going on because there wasn't the time
3: the and you know that? what something really important to call out is that the the moment for black lives didn't say why didn't you know before Mm-mm. they were like Here's what you can do now. And I think that's why I think like looking at black liberation is what's going to get us all liberated.
1: Yeah.
3: just like following that lead because the way that they have done things and the way that things unfolded this 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 year, specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement, that's how it happens. You know, like people are over here after the election praising Stacey Abrams. She's the face of, you know, of, like, that's the face that, that people chose uh, to highlight. But she has a whole ass movement. It's a whole ass organization. These are pe- a lot of people on the ground that they have been working for years. They didn't, they weren't like three months ago, like, oh, shit, we should like go and like register people to vote. And they have been working for years.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Fighting voter suppression. So, you know, like Georgia turning blue, it didn't happen because of this summer. It didn't happen because of the pandemic. These are the results of like years of work, constant work, balanced work. Like, you you know, like the the fight is long, so you have to also rest in between and celebrate and elevate joy and
2: find... Anyways, I rest my case. No, that's a nice that's a nice uh case to rest on.
1: All right, so <laughs> before before we leave, just a quick hope for twenty twenty one for for the world, for our country, for our podcast, even hope for twenty twenty one.
3: You want to go? go first?
1: Um, I mean, I, I just hope that the momentum and the awareness that has been built over the last, you know, nine, ten months continues. Um, and I know things, like, I personally believe things are going to get worse before they get better. Um, I think we haven't actually seen the worst of some. I think we may have seen the worst of the pandemic, but we have definitely not seen the worst of the, the economic crisis. Crash, yeah. yeah, the job loss, the staggering job loss. I mean, we have, we lost, we are... We have gained fewer jobs like we are at a point where percentage wise we have lost more jobs than were lost in the Great Depression and we haven't gained them back. So we are lower than the bottom of the Great Depression at the moment. But and we this, just can't and see And we it. haven't
3: and we haven't even seen the worst of it. No. Yeah. Why, why are we so good at bringing ourselves down to take over? Well,
1: no, but I mean, but this comes to my hope. But so like, like I yeah. think we, I think it is going to get worse before it gets better. But I think we are, because of some of the things that we've just talked about, I think we as a people understand more than we did a year ago about the reality of what we're in and like what, what is going on in our world. And I think we will demand more, And I think we will demand equity and we will demand like things that we actually are owed. I mean, I think we're already, I mean, there's already, and granted it's online because I don't, you know, I, I I talk to people in real life, but I don't obviously have a lots of conversations about politics at work, but like people, there's people that I know that already were, who were very staunch, what I would call Democrats who are now really pissed at the Democrats because they, didn't push for more than six hundred dollars of one time six hundred dollar stimulus. Like we have, there is momentum building for a people's movement in this country that is like a pro people movement, a people liberation movement. You know, and it is obviously like the, the the foundational is, you know, the black liberation movement has a lot to do with that because that's and what's the been pushing us. right. The Native American movement. And I mean and it and it, you know, it is, and it is a class movement as well because it is you know, this is kind of like what the Occupy Wall Street was talking about nine years ago is now really come more to the forefront where it's like, who benefited off of the pandemic? Well, we didn't benefit off the pandemic, the billionaires benefited off the pandemic. And so I think my hope is that this movement, like just the people, the people oriented movement, the grassroots people movements that have that have been been in you know been moving before the pandemic but have really gained steam during the pandemic like we're able to make some change like the people are able to actually change the system um that's my hope
2: what about you allison my hope um and you alluded to it be um you know, having the opportunity to slow down during the pandemic. Um, a lot of people, um, affluent people on Twitter were, and and and, and on social media, right? And then life, you know, people that didn't lose their jobs, everybody was talking about appreciating the opportunity to slow down and how they, you know, now appreciate life and, you know, um, family and, you know dining out etc and like one thing that i've found is um a lot of people that have gone through like a really traumatic experience or that are in recovery um actually fared quite well during the pandemic because they had literally hit rock bottom and once they got out of that traumatic experience it made you know they they learned to appreciate life and really appreciate every single moment and I consider myself one of those people, actually. I have been in the past, been through, like, really traumatic moments where – and I, you guys know me, and I think our listeners know me. Um, I'm a very joyous person. I do appreciate everything. I was already living like that. I live every single fucking moment like it's my last. And so um, – and, and enjoy life for – you know, because I know it can disappear. I know it can be shitty and – I know what it's like to climb out of that hole, so I, I'm glad that there's more people joining me, um, and hopefully we'll be more grateful and, you know, more thankful and appreciative appreciative of the things that they do have and learn to appreciate those small moments, right? A, a, you know, an ice cream on the street, a, a hug from a friend. These were things that are super, super valuable. And I, you know, I hope that 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 maintains after the pandemic that we learn to appreciate that more people learn to appreciate the, the smaller things, especially I think Americans, you know, it's such a capitalist and work driven um, environment here. If you ask Europeans and Latin Americans, they know how to enjoy life. And um, I, I wish, I hope that my hope is that more Americans learn to to enjoy life.
3: I, um, I'm going to be hugging. I think my friends, I'm going to hug tighter once I'm able to, but the rest of the people I'm going to want them like still six feet away. It's been so nice to like get in line at the grocery store and nobody's like breathing down your neck. I'm going to be like six feet, buddy, six feet. Um, i i am really looking forward. i think i think there's a whole a whole bunch of hope that i have i don't necessarily have like very specific things to speak to uh though i'm really looking forward to seeing my family the family that i haven't been able to to see in person in almost a year and a half now i'm I'm hoping to see them but I, i i am looking forward for the podcast i'm looking forward to continue to explore things a little bit more deeply and elevating the voices in our community i think this is a really great space and just like we dug deep in in the in the this is why we vote series i think opening up spaces like that and continue to seek the wisdom that's already in our community and elevating that i'm looking forward to that
2: which Oh, tonight oh, I wanted to add on to her to your six feet comment, B. I respect you wanting to maintain distance from people. I, to be honest, what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the vaccine, and I'm looking forward to being on crowded metros and in crowded bars with people, and like jumping off the stool and heading to the bathroom and being like, oh, I'm just gonna squeeze past you as I go to the bathroom. I'm. So Allison, looking-
3: you gonna be hugging everybody? Mm-hmm. you're gonna be hugging everybody i was telling uh i was telling jake i'm like what if we don't know how to hug like you know it's gonna be like oh i'm sorry was that your butt i'm i i'm sorry i, did, I didn't mean to touch you like that
2: right, <laughs> I, just
3: touched, I just haven't touched anybody in a year
2: <laughs> well, we've had this conversation we're gonna to have to take socializing classes i don't know how i'm gonna be in the real world i'm probably gonna be a doofus
1: at, at my 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 first concert I mean, first off, I'm never I'm never going to go see a concert that I don't want to see, which I don't I still really don't ever do that. So that's fine. But like, I can't wait to see one. I'm literally going to hug everybody at that concert. I'm just going to. Oh, be my like, God. I'm so everybody. happy to be here.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, love music so much. Yeah. I'm not even going to be mad at the tall people in the front. I'm going to be like, at least we have the privilege and honor of being in the same room as the music
1: just go hug that tall person and yeah like what are you doing and be like look buddy
3: look we went through the pandemic with music bro
1: right be like we're here together seeing whomever we're seeing with but we're here family. together now yeah probably group love most definitely group love yeah
3: i cannot wait so group love had a uh, scheduled a show at meow Wolf in 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 Santa fe If they reschedule that shit, I'm going. I'm going to be there. Don't matter how much it is.
1: Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for a wonderful 2020. I say that with a very strong degree of it was wonderful in times. But we've made it. We've made it. We're here. And those of us that have made it also have a responsibility to make sure that this shit doesn't happen again. For those that did not make it,
3: uh, just to like this is just a, a little announcement. So it, this is the last podcast episode for the year. So we usually take a right. break, right? Like be-
1: our Janu- January, January, we, we we are we planned for the year in January.
3: Okay, so so a new episode is gonna come in February,
1: right? We will have our our anniversary episode in February, and since we were talking about this, I mean, like we are. And hopefully if you listen to this podcast, you know this. We are a people-driven podcast. Literally, if you have an issue that you want to talk about, let us know. We are not. Tell us. We, we will have you on the podcast to talk about said issue. This is super important. So, like, that is something that, like, this is about all of us. We don't do this for ourselves. Um, yeah. And Email if you, us. Yeah, and if you want we to help can... out, if you want to be a fucking co-host
3: let us know let us know we're gonna we're gonna show you all that we know which is not that much but we're all gonna show you that like
1: aladdin showed jasmine the world
3: i can show you the zoo.
2: okay all righty then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all
1: right well so let's wrap this up allison what 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 have we been doing here what is this
2: uh this has been wild and free a Battlehorn podcast i am one of your multiple co-hosts for the evening i was joined by my beautiful co-host b Bea and jacob who else do we have on the team
1: all right well we had we were joined earlier by jose sotelo sotelo not who was lopez our, like who i was said our... that was
3: my other friend
1: is our producer and wrote the theme music and performed it live for us we've got ashley pacheco with research assistance we've got their very tiny little baby who's not so tiny anymore sebastian their other tiny baby who is not tiny at all raven the dog and then of course b who 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 is pre- he? must be sleeping cares. right now. Is he sleeping? Oh,
3: he's he's knocked out. Follow him on the Instagrams at Dwayne the Kitty. All
1: right. Well, we'll see you all in 2021.
2: See you in 2021. Giddy up.
1: Yee ha.